Well, hello, dabblers. I'm Renee. And I'm Caitlin. And this is Let's Dabble. (laughs) (laughs) You always sound so excited. I know. I'm trying to find the right, like, (laughs) signature tone of voice to say it in, and I keep changing it every time. Don't worry. Our listeners are faithful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If anyone wants to make up their own and send it to us, that would be more appreciated. Greatly appreciated. My creativity is only is very limited. Like yeah. it only goes so far. Well, also for writers and for people like myself who make like home decor, it's like mm, motivation's <laughs> just not coming at me today. Let's just not do it. I'm lucky <laughs> if I can write. Like, right. <laughs> you know. Let alone. Like. Right. Do other stuff like make a jingle. Right. Anyway. So anyway. <laughs> this. Speaking of, so this podcast, we I am a writer, and we are going to basically go through my search history and discuss all of the curious nonsense that no one has business researching (laughs) like how many hours you have to log in the field to get your pi license fyi it's 400 depending on which state you're living in it's a lot yeah Dang. I guess yeah. that's fair though. If you want something, they also like a private investigator. Yeah. You don't know what they're, they're doing. like, you got to know what you're doing. Right. Also, they prefer you to have like a degree in criminology or previous experience on the police force, which is fair. So it's very specific. Yeah. I could. So if I wanted to go, I would have to go to college first, and then. So all of this research history wouldn't count towards that. No, <laughs> I looked. I was like, so is reading about private investigating enough? <laughs> no, it's not. Well, that's um, a disappointment. My <laughs> other thing is that I researched recently is the year that Charles Dickens died. I had to find that out. R.I.P. Charlie. R.I.P. Charlie. 1870. Hey, he died. Yeah. <laughs> I'm die sure you yet. didn't name him after Charles Dickens, <laughs> no. but I would have. No. I would have. Oddly enough, I found out after my husband and I got married that he loves older names like that, which was a pleasant surprise. It. Doesn't he like like the name Elliot too? Yeah. Wasn't that he one you mentioned? Elliot. Loves Eleanor. <gasps> big, oddly enough. Big respect like, for Alex okay. right now. <laughs> I'm a fan of those but too. If those of you who don't know my husband, which is probably most of you, yeah. He also really hates period dramas, which is why I was okay. really surprised. Okay, does he, so has he read, like, <laughs> no. older, but no. no. What, a weir- a what a weirdo. What a weirdo. I just, know. <laughs> he just likes watching videos. He's I just like sounding learners. snooty. I don't want to watch this. Exactly. <laughs> I want my children to sound intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> what a faker. Just mm-hmm. kidding. Love you, Alex. Love anyway, you. Anyway, yeah, shout out to my husband. Yeah. So, <laughs> today's topic, Renee, what's our, what's our topic? So, I live for trying to trick Caitlin into talking about murder. Oh, no. I'm going to pretend that this episode is about transom windows, and we're going to just take it from there, okay? Transom windows. <laughs> <laughs> Are they? Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Take one detail right. that I'll cover. Um, but, yeah, so all of my true crime fans out there, I watch way too much true crime, and I listen. Like, the all yeah. of the podcasts I listen to are true crime podcasts. Uh. I'm, like, obsessed with it. I don't get it because I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah. Like, I would probably listen to one story and be like, okay, I'm, my soul is disturbed enough. Can I just... Yeah. I'll not sleep for the next five days. <laughs> Which is funny. I, so I can watch, like, a documentary about Ted Bundy and still sleep oh, well at night. No, yeah. Like, right before up. bed, and yeah. I'll be like, I'm fine. Nope. Then, like, horror movies that are f- pure fiction freak me out, and I don't want to turn <laughs> off the lights. You know? Like, I, there's no... The bookie monsters. Yeah. You. <laughs> all or nothing. All or nothing. <laughs> Uh, but That's yeah, so funny. today we're going to talk about locked room mysteries. Ooh, that does sound interesting. Yeah, it's actually super relevant too. So I'm not just trying to trick you. Oh, like, okay, that's so good. Yeah, that's Tell good. Me why exactly <laughs> it's relevant now? I'm just dis- like disturbed a little bit. So my most recent project that is actually big. Pl- I'm just going to plug for this early on. Um, it's coming <laughs> out in print, able to be purchased in print on April 5th. Shout out to those this who year. read murder mysteries. You'll yeah. Love it. 
So it's called The Bedtime Prince, and it's not primarily a murder, murder mystery. mystery. Yeah, it's... This m- one you've told me about. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, and you read most of it. It's mm-hmm. so, it's a historical fiction, and it's kind of follows, like, a little kid who's trying to understand his his mom's, part of his mom's life story, and she's posing it to him in the form of a fairy tale. So there's a lot of, like, parallel plot kind of going on, like... Mm-hmm stuff happens to his mom she tells him in the form of a, a cute fairy tale it's, it's cute it's one of my actually yeah. my most personal projects because i named a lot of characters after living and deceased family members yeah. so but what i really liked about it is it kind of gave me the vibe of like a 1945 world war ii like oh this is what really happened to your family mm-hmm. vibe and i really liked that about it so if you're into those kind of stories where it kind of flashes back to give you more eerie uh, family life kind of stories that you'll love it yeah it so takes place during the great depression so flashes back to that a lot which is <laughs> which is cute it also though it's so I, I said it does it's not primarily a murder mystery but there is a background plot uh that does contain a murder mystery right yeah um the kid kind of briefly encounters it it's not focused <laughs> on heavily but it's like a couple chapters you're like oh so that happened and the kid didn't understand that that's what happened right yeah um, this is actually what happened Got yeah it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly so the case that is i changed the name of the dead guy in in the bedtime prince but the the real case that it's based on is what we're going to talk about today okay. um the curious death of isidore fink Briefly, though, I want to kind of tip my hat to Edgar Allan Poe because he kind <laughs> of like started the lock room, the locked room mystery like genre as far as like fiction went. When and started, please. So, so his stories were like pretty dark, right? And he liked to like twist your mind a little bit in one way or another. And so <laughs> That's he, one way to put it, I guess. Yeah. So he coined the phrase "locked room mystery." And then he based a lot of his, some of his writings on the real life cases that he heard about where this actually happened. Okay. And Isidore Fink is one of those. Now, granted, the timeline, he, he was before Isidore Fink. But, right, the, yeah. but in modern history. Timeline-wise, it doesn't make sense. No. But now I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the concept, not specifically good old Isidore, but like the concept yeah. of those cases. He would hear about stuff like that happening because this is far from the first. Right. The 1920s is far from the first murder right. mystery, obviously. I was going to say People have been around a long time. People have been sure killing the, people a long yeah. time. <laughs> There's like a history of murder. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so the concept is basically like, how did how did the culprit get into this locked room, kill a person, and get out without leaving any kind of trace? Yeah. And most of the time, those rooms are locked from the inside. Mm-hmm. And oh. shout out to the listeners, or I'm sorry, not shout out, preview, I guess I should say. I don't know. A yeah. word like that. <laughs> a word. <laughs> insert word here. Right. <laughs> Um, I did not research what we're about to talk about as well. Just like one of like the favorite. fairy tales for the last episode. <laughs> my favorite. I love it when you um, don't However, do that. when Renee mentioned that we might be doing something like this for the podcast, I did do a little bit of dabbling just because I'm a curious person and I couldn't help You're myself. You're a dabbler. You can't resist. So I'm not completely <laughs> Blind. in the dark, but yeah. I am a little bit still in the dark just like y'all. So we'll see how so this goes. So here we go. Are you ready for the story? Let's go. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give you the facts first. Yeah, I'm more and a facts person. So. Yeah, you appreciate <laughs> you appreciate those. And I even like bulleted them. So it'll 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 read like a story, but I'm going to lay out the facts for you. And then we're going to talk about theories because this is a much debated case online, mm-hmm. in documentaries, and in fiction. Today, yeah. yeah, because it's never been solved Yeah, since 19. Well, I'm about to tell you. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> Isidore, <laughs> Isidore Fink was an immigrant from Gal- Galicia, Galicia, Poland, Galicia. 
I don't know Polish pronunciation. I have no idea how they're supposed to say that. I would probably say it's probably along the lines of Galicia or something like that. Galicia? Galicia, because the A part of that's more English, but I don't know. I don't know. He's from Poland. Okay, so he's an immigrant (laughs) from Poland. (laughs) He's Polish. I'm trying to be precise, and it's not working because I can't pronounce (laughs) stuff. Okay, he's an immigrant from Poland. He came to New York after World War I. Mm -hmm. He worked hard. He saved his money, and eventually he started his own laundry business. Props to him. New York's a hard city to make it in, you know? Yeah, You can make it there. (laughs) You can make it it anywhere. As they say. (laughs) Um, He didn't make it, though. Right, I was going to say, he died, so it's fine. So his living quarters were attached to the ground-level space that he used for his laundry business, Mm. um, which was uh, called Fifth Avenue Laundry. And it's in an apartment building on East 132nd Street, New York City. I've never been to the city new york Mm -hmm. so i'm like not super you might be able to lend a little more insights later on when we talk about theories yeah because i'm not a hundred percent sure on like location what that setting looks like except for pictures that i looked at Mm -hmm. but anyway so (laughs) crime rates at that time were skyrocketing which is expected during a depression oh yeah um when the economy plummeted Isidore was like really afraid of being robbed, which is totally valid. 100%. Right? Valid, yeah. yeah. So he was super security <laughs> conscious. He, he wasn't in the greatest part of town either. No, it was very slummy, mm-hmm. which I mean is why he was able to afford to have, mm-hmm. you know, his business there. Right. And he saved money by living in yeah. his business. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he had all of his windows and doors locked all the time. He actually only admitted customers and, and acquaintances that he knew. Mm-hmm. So a new customer would have had to be introduced to him through someone else basically because mm-hmm. yeah. he'd just look and he'd be like nope I don't know you sorry yeah. I, don't, I don't want your money go away right which seems like an interesting way to run a business yeah like, I don't know how how he kept it up yeah yeah, yeah. he must have had enough regulars that it was okay mm-hmm. <coughs> so in March of 1929 Isidore was making some laundry deliveries as he did and he returned home for the night around 10 15 p.m. A New York Times article reports that at 10.30, so only like 15 minutes after he gets home, Mm -hmm. a neighbor hears some sort of scuffle. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like there's a fight going on next door. And then she hears screams. So a police officer who's outside patrolling the street named Albert Cattenborn. Good old Albert. I don't know why (laughs) I found his name, but not like this neighbor who reports it, but whatever. Good old Albert. Um, he was patrolling the area, okay, and he, he sees this this woman run to him and is basically like, hey, something's going on in the apartment next to me. I don't know what's going I'm on. I'm concerned. Please, please, please help, help me. Please help me. So, yeah, so she grabs him, and they go to the apartment, and this same article mentions that he found the shop door was locked with a sliding seven-inch iron bolt from the inside. Oh, wow. So it's like That's he, quite he's long. Ha- yeah, he's having a hard time getting in. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, no. Um, so there are some other sources. This article didn't mention it, but other articles mentioned that the police officer recruited a nearby kid to yeah. climb into the apartment. Apparently, there's a... Do you know what a transom window is? Yeah, the little one that's above the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for those who don't know what it is, it's uh, it's small. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty, like... Pretty tiny. Yeah. The width is not great. Um, but The it's, oldest of child that could probably fit through there is probably a 7 to 10-year-old. Probably no yeah. older than that, so... Yeah. I mean, I tried to look up a picture of what those looked like in 1929 in New they York City. They were pretty City, small. It was normally, like, only probably about this wide you can't see my hands probably like two feet <laughs> two feet this in length wide and this about tall maybe a foot in height yeah it's not very big so especially it's, for an apartment complex that he probably lived in to be even smaller yeah because they you know the way they built those buildings it was you you gotta like 
use any space you can. Mm-hmm. So it's not a spacious area that we're right. working with. Anyway, so, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but this this account says that this he basically he lifted this kid through mm-hmm. the transom window, um, and the kid got in on the inside, opened the door for him. Mm-hmm. That's how some the people explain how he got in. Um, there's conflicting reports though because some people say that the the window was left open. So Ooh. he didn't have to break it or anything. So some accounts are like, yeah, he broke the window and put a kid through the window yeah. to open it. Some are like, no, the window was already open. Hmm. So he just easily lifted a kid through there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure what good old Albert Cattenborn did. <laughs> I don't know. And I, just as a disclaimer, too, the information that I have is gathered from Internet sources. Mm-hmm. I could have looked into, like, the official police report, mm-hmm. but that requires an expensive subscription to the New York City Police Department's files, and I don't <laughs> have that kind of money or access, so one day, maybe, if maybe I ever become a PI with these hard-earned internet hours. I was yeah, going to say, I feel like if you ever did um, have the money, you probably would subscribe, just because you're so curious. Mm-hmm. You'd probably be like, yeah, I gotta know. I have to know. <laughs> I was I was so close, but I was like, no, my my wallet would hate me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't. So I don't have the facts. Facts. I'm. This is all. Of, most of this is just research. Yeah. From online, what you can access. third, fourth, fifth sources. Right, None of yeah. them are super reliable, which is why the, the theories are so all over the place. Yeah. We're like we don't actually know some of these details. Yeah, and one of the. Um, videos I watched about it too from some of the facts that people do know from again online research was like basically well so we don't really know if the neighbor like heard screams or heard shots or heard a scuffle it's all over the place because some then, places did say a gunshot yeah and, and then some other places say, don't even include that the police put a kid through the window no. either so it's like I don't understand we don't know. what's we don't know. actually going on yeah the only so I found enough accounts about the kid climbing through the window that I'm like okay so that might be a real thing that might be kind of close to what happened which is why in the bedtime prints the kid the main character of the bedtime prince is that child like i'm like well let's just insert a child anyway also it's fiction i can do what i want right but like you know (laughs) like that's i'm gonna just assume from my own theories that that's kind of what happened um either way this window was only big enough for a child or a small adult to squeeze through keep that in mind for the theories later um so yeah so somehow they get into the room maybe a kid maybe not um and lying on the ground is poor isidore fink laying on the floor dead with three bullet wounds and not a single murder weapon to be found the gun is not in there two of the bullet wounds went through the left side of his chest and the third went through his left hand um the medical examiner suspected the bullet wounds were the result of a struggle over the weapon which I have makes th- sense. I have a theory about that too, actually. Though <laughs> she's like, "Don't worry, we'll I, get to it." I most sources don't specify where the bullet wounds were. That's what the, I was gonna say. Yeah, like how that's really specific. Yeah, this was one of the more le- legit sources, like the yeah. New York Times and stuff like that. Um, so I this like contributes to my personal theories that I'm gonna say later. But yeah, anyway, so I the the theories. medical examiner. <laughs> I have so many. So the medical examiner, his his call was, "Hey." They struggled over a weapon, that, and that's how this guy got killed. Right. Potentially, Isidore was shot in the hand while trying to get the weapon away, staggered back, and then was shot in the chest mm. twice. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is <laughs> another one of the sources like, that we have. Yeah. The one or two people that maybe, like, you maybe know. Maybe saw The this, conjecture is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I'm going to come back to my counter theory. I put it in the bullet point right after that because I thought I was going to be real assertive with my but i'm gonna wait i'm gonna just give you the facts first okay all right the tentative facts okay 
Um, so the police never found the murder weapon in question. Obviously, right. this gun disappeared. This right. guy's dead. Um, they even tore up the floorboards. Oh, uh, they tore that place apart wow. to look for any kind of like tunnel yeah. or secret hiding door, like right, anything, anything, anything. Remember, this is prohibition time. Yeah. So they these are cops that are used to finding things deliberately hidden from the cops. Like they're <laughs> like, no, we're really good at finding booze at this point. Right. Like, <laughs> like if there is a weapon hidden in this ha- in this we building, will find it. we will find it. And they didn't find anything. Wow. Nothing was there. So someone took it away. Took Obviously, the gun with them. Yeah. You know, it's nowhere to be found. As far as the police knew, there was no motive. There was no robbery. He had yeah. money in his pocket. Wow. And and nothing that they could tell. Now, this is this is again another sticky point. How would they know yeah. if something in the building was taken? They weren't there before. Right. But if the cash is still in his pocket that he got from the laundry deliveries, like it's probably not a robbery. Yeah. Because that would have been the first thing they would have taken is what's right. on him, right? So that was odd. They're like, well, why else would they kill this guy? He also has no f- real friends. He again, because again, he was very paranoid. Yeah, I was gonna say he was a recluse. Very he isolated. Didn't get out much. Yeah. So, what could he have done this to provoke some? It's all weird. over the place, and I'm not a fan. It's weird. <laughs> now, one more like really odd fact Great. that okay. I found that's <laughs> yeah. not. It didn't fit in the timeline necessarily, but this is after the police started investigating. There were claimed uh, an article on Hub Pages. I'm going to cite this source because this is the only place that I found this fact. So take that with a grain of salt. I right. don't know how Absolutely. factual it is. Um, there were claims that there were reports of two well-dressed women standing outside of the laundry shop shop just before the shooting happened. So between 10:15 and 10:30, there were two well-dressed women right outside of his door. But Isidore's landlord told the police that Isidore never really consorted with women or had enemies. I don't know what that means. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, And that's like, it's weird that that's the only place that that's stated. Yeah. No one else mentions the ladies but hub pages. So, whoever wrote that article... I'd like to know your sources. Sources, Maybe they have a subscription to that thing I can't afford. (laughs) Maybe that's it. They got all the extra details that no one gets to see. And they're like, we're just going to throw this in for those who are, you know just our loyal readers um yeah so there are the facts would you like to hear the popular theories yes i want to hear the popular theories. okay i want to know all the facts before i give you my theories yes. so <laughs> i'm a little bit like on edge now because like i'm like oh great no, it's kind of creepy shot though no one's gonna know what happened right to me, yeah continue. you're like what okay <laughs> what's gonna happen so, to me now i don't know <laughs> i don't even know who's safe who's not? it's also the 20s though yeah it's true the, the 20s were a sketchy time in the first place so forensics basically didn't exist yet yeah so like they couldn't well, they even really didn't no, and because he, so it wasn't until Herbert Hoover who really was the one who like instigated fingerprinting and even then ballistics like that. were mm-hmm. still e- even when they started within that next decade they, they were still primal. kind of you could tell what kind of gun the bullet came from mm-hmm. but you wouldn't be able to trace whose gun well nothing had a serial number on it no. nothing had like specifics of like even to the type of gun like now we can trace it back to a factory yeah even then you'd be like well I know this this or like maybe these five different companies make this type of mm-hmm. gun. You'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, um, roughly. That doesn't mean all. No. <laughs> or like all over the states, you know. What and I then mean? even if you found a suspect that you're like, well, they own this kind of gun, but you can't, you can't prove anything. Nothing right. is able to be proven in courts, especially because it's like basically the Wild West in New York right then, mm-hmm. because the mob was so prevalent, which is one of my theories mm-hmm. too. 
Oh, we'll get to that. I was going to say, I feel yeah. like with how sketchy he was, he had to have been involved with the mob at some point. I, I'm going to tell you the popular theories, okay. and then I'm going to tell you my theories. Because <laughs> my theories, theories are my favorite. My theories never got... I listened to so many podcasts about this case. I read so many articles about this case. And I'm like, why isn't anyone agreeing with me? Like, nobody is saying my theory. So mine <laughs> is a like, little... Renee's like, I'm right. You're wrong. I'm right. You need to listen to Let me. Let me tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I know. Like, this is what happened. <laughs> I wasn't in the room when it happened, but I yeah. knew. Anyway, anyway, so the first popular theory is suicide. Hmm. Uh, that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Though, that's stupid. That was the first theory. How do the you shoot through your own hand, and why? And how do you and get rid of the times. weapon when you're dead? Yeah, dumb. Yeah, dumb. I don't. <laughs> the so that was the police. That was their first theory. Was they're like, oh well, obviously he killed himself, and the medical examiner's like, no, <laughs> you idiots, that's not what happened. So they're the like, doctor just looking at him like, <laughs> like what? Do you see his wounds? These are defensive <laughs> wounds, you morons. Yeah. So the medical examiner squashed that one. So that one, thankfully, is not a valid enough one. But it's still one that's circulated just because yeah. people are like, the police did consider this at first. Yeah. Which I guess, from the police perspective, you do have to consider every option, every yep. lead. Like yep. that's fair. Yeah, it's but. usually on the table even, like, super briefly because yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, so that one's stupid. Um, another theory is shooting from the transom window. So either the attacker reached from the outside and shot into the shop or okay. Isidore was up on a chair, maybe, to see who was at the door. Yeah. And then got shot while he was on the chair and fell. Maybe. Mm. I, I don't know. That's one of the theories. I have issues with that theory. Yeah. Because the transom window is small and... Most of my issues with this theory actually are a lack of details because I don't know where on the chest he was shot and mm. if that part of his body would have been visible from the transom it window. It probably would have more likely been a head shot than a chest and yeah. shot. Yeah, if he's sticking your hand his head has to through. go over too. So depending uh -huh. on where his hand was shot, because we don't have details on that either. They didn't have like a drawn examiner's report. So like you can't mm -hmm. just be like, oh, I could totally visualize yeah. like yeah. where this is happening. But from a trans transit window, you, I'm sure if like he was tall enough, you could probably get maybe from like mid abdomen high. Maybe, but, but most likely it'd probably just be from like the neck up. Yeah. So it probably wouldn't have even hit his chest. It wouldn't. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been a kill shot. Right. Because if if they only hit like his shoulder, mm -hmm. he'd fall and be like, oh dang, well that hurt. Guess I'm not opening that window. Right. Or that door. <laughs> you know, like um, he would have lived. He yeah. would have lived. He wouldn't. This wouldn't have been an actual story that we heard about. Right. Um, yeah, so I yeah I have issues with that theory. It's not a terrible. It's not as terrible as suicide. Mm -hmm. It's not as terrible of a theory as suicide. But right. I'm still like I don't know. That's yeah. no. I, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I'm very. Yeah, a lot of these I'm very skeptical. Um, so the next one, which I really love this theory, but only from a writing perspective because it's a better <laughs> story, not from a logic perspective. Okay. Um, the responding cop was so close by because he was the killer. That's another theory. Oh. And so, like, he shot the guy, shut the door, and then left. And then was happened to be the first one that the woman saw when she freaked out. Yeah. My issue with that, which I guess I can explain the solution that I have to fix my issue with that. How did he lock the door? Yeah. Um, so back. let's go back to the coroner's report, though, that I was going to insert my theory into. Mm -hmm. I think the medical examiner's wrong. I say that having not actually seen the body or pictures of the body. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, yeah, Renee, we're going to go there. Well, he said, like, okay, so the, the hand wound can be from a struggle for the gun. Okay, maybe. Um, but also, what if, what if Isidore got shot first in mm -hmm. the chest? Yeah. 
went, oh my gosh, I just got shot, lifted his left hand to cover the previous bullet wound, and then was shot again through the hand into the chest. Oh. So if that's the case, then maybe he's standing in the door. Maybe someone comes to the door, he recognizes. It could be a police officer. Let's just go with this theory yeah, for a second. Absolutely. It could be a police officer. He opens the door. Hello, police officer. Police officer shoots him the first time. He goes, oh my gosh, I just got shot. Puts hand to chest. Shoots gets you. shot again for the second and third bullet wound. Steps backwards tries to lock the door so the police officer can't get to him again and then falls because of obviously shock and blood loss right that's valid that could be valid that could be valid yeah that disagrees and that would explain why um there was no evidence of anyone breaking in or anything like Mm -hmm. that because he would only open the door to someone he knew yeah or 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 felt safe with Yeah. yeah if there's a cop that's right there i mean he's probably more likely to open it to them or a returning customer. I yeah. don't know. That's the only way I can see the cop one happening. Yeah. Um, is if I disagree with the medical examiner, which mm-hmm. I mean, in the medical examiner's defense, like pathology was pretty young at that point too. Still, mm-hmm. like yeah. their ability to discern cause of death yeah. was not quite as um, sophisticated as it is now. Right. Um, anyway, so that's that's one. And the, part of this theory is also in line with um, the idea that the cop, not that cops can't be crooked now. Obviously, cops can be crooked anytime. Right. Um, <laughs> but like with the mob being so prevalent back then, um, there's that whole, well, all these cops are in the mobster's pockets. Yeah. Like maybe he was collecting. Yeah. Which goes in. I have a theory about when we get to my theories, I'm going to revisit the mob thing like a boss. Okay. okay. <laughs> like anyway, a mob like, boss. Like a mob boss. So, so, yeah. So, the corrupt cop, that's a theory. Okay. Um, another theory is the neighbor who got the cop is the one. Oh, I've heard it. of this theory. Okay. Yeah. Keep yeah. going. Where sh- and, and I actually have one that I forgot to write down. It's on my other notes. Um, <laughs> so, the neighbor. So, the, these theories are more who did it rather than how they did it. Okay. So, let's just pretend that they're going with my idea of, like, he opened the door for them, mm-hmm. got shot yeah. twice with three wounds, and then fell back. Yeah. Um, so the neighbor's an option, the crooked cop's an option. Um, the one that I actually, I didn't put it in this document, but it's the one that I use in the bedtime prints. Okay. So I'm going to, and this isn't a spoiler because we don't actually like talk about the resolution of the case in the book. Okay. Um, my version, my fictional, my totally fictional version, (laughs) which kind of goes in line with one of my later theories, but we'll get to that, Mm -hmm. is that. Um, I heard a theory in a podcast um, that the kid was in cahoots with whoever the killer was, whether it was the cop, whether it was the neighbor, whether it was someone totally different. Mm. And that's how they got in and out because Mm. the kid was small enough to get through the window. Yeah. So the attacker lifted the kid up through the window, unlocked the door, shot him. I don't know how the arrangement worked, but that's uh, that's a theory is that the kid that was used to get in to find the body was also used to lock it up and make it look like no one had been there. Mm. It's definitely a theory. I use that in the bedtime prints. Yeah. Just so you guys know. Just so you guys know. If you read it and you get to that part, you'll be like... And to be fair, because the mob was so prevalent, it could have been like somebody's son in the mob. And so they're Mm -hmm. used to that kind of environment. Yeah, we don't know who the kid is. Yeah. Who is this kid? I couldn't find (laughs) his name anywhere. Also, why was he close? It's like, it's just... I mean, he could have been just playing outside, but um, I don't... No information... Uh, and again, I would really love to get my hands on this police report. <laughs> I would probably, I'm not going to say definitively, but I might kill someone to get this. Oh. <laughs> my hands 
on this police You're confessing on tape. I'm Remember that. <laughs> They're going to be like, she's a little crazy. I already have. I'm probably already on so many lists. Oh, my gosh. So many watch lists. Just for Because the government are like, this girl's someone to watch. She she's going to kill someone eventually. Yeah. She says she's an author, but you never know. <laughs> she's investigating some weird forensic crap. Right. What is she trying to cover up? What is she trying to cover up? But really, though, I'm... I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that the police and detectives that investigated this properly vetted that kid afterwards. Right. Like, they talked to him about exactly the state of the room. Because we don't know what the kid did in there before he unlocked the door. Right. If he was involved, or even if he wasn't, because kids can be dumb sometimes. Yeah. If he got in there and the room was a certain way because that's how the killer left it, yeah. even if it's like a chair was moved. Yeah. He'd be like, well, let's get this out of the way so I can let the cop in. He's right. not going to think, let's preserve the crime scene. Right. He's a child. Yeah. Or he's a smart mob co- kid. And he's <laughs> he's like, a smart mob he's, kid. I got to cover this up for the family, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know. The family can't the, die. The family can't die. So, on to my theories. I okay. have this. My theories are not at all what I used for the bedtime prints. Okay. Well, no, that's a lie. So, <laughs> the mob one is kind of connected, but the method... No, I guess the method still stands. So, first of all, my theory on who was pretty obvious. Yeah. And I don't... I don't know how thoroughly this was looked into by the cops. Yeah. But uh, the minute I heard this case the first time, mm-hmm. I was like, mob hit. Mob hit. You know why? <laughs> You want to know why? Okay. <laughs> of course I want to know why, Renee. So, I wish you guys could see her face right now. Her eyes are like bugging out of her head. Like, do you want to know why it was the mob most definitely I'm going to tell you why right now. Like, yeah. So mobsters back then, when the economy crashed and things went to pot, mm-hmm. the mobsters were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to be good Samaritans. We're going to give a bunch of poor businesses that are now struggling loans. We're going to give everyone business loans. We're going to keep the economy afloat. Oh, wink, no. wink. Yeah. This was called loan sharking. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Which was, <laughs> For those of you who don't know. <laughs> which was not great. Because it essentially meant that the mobsters were buying out territory. Yeah. And when the companies couldn't pay, pay they roughed them up. Or they just controlled every aspect and used their mo- their companies for money laundering. Yeah. So when the when the economy improved again, the mobsters made out like bandits because mm-hmm. now these people could pay with interest, mm-hmm. and so they're getting a lot of money and or keeping the territory. Yeah. You know, which so, is not good for them. No. So my my assumption is, for poor old Isidore Fink to afford to run a successful laundry business, which it sounds like it was pretty successful, especially like considering his neighborhood. Yeah. He survived because a mobster gave him money and was like, here, buddy, you're a poor immigrant. Let me help you. Right. And then he's like, I got your back. I got your back. You want to stay in America? This is how you stay in America. I support small (laughs) business owners. (laughs) Screw you. You sound like a political (laughs) ad. (laughs) No, but really like, like that's what I think happened. And then, when Isidore couldn't deliver, mm-hmm. you know, they, yeah. they came to collect. And, and that's what happened. That's and what the mob was actually really well known early on to be able to cover up their tracks really well. I feel like the, as time went on, they got a little more sloppy because they got bigger. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think back then, because they were smaller, they were able to cover their tracks really well. So it makes sense, especially since forensics was so young and not really a it thing. Really with literal murder. Yeah, literal murder. Yeah, and so. I think... Um, 
the sloppiness also depended on on who was doing the hit mm-hmm. and my suspicion was either whoever they had do this hit was either had a lot of dumb luck mm-hmm. and just so happened to get away with it get away with it <laughs> yeah. or he was an experienced enough hitman that he had a plan already in place yeah was probably like, watched him for a while because yeah. if he did the same thing delivered to the same people had a similar routine it's really easy to track someone I mean, oh this is giving me like goosebumps conniving, now if you were really really conniving i don't yeah. know if i want to give the mobster hitmen this much credit because right. most of them were rough rather than thinkers yeah if you really want to be conniving you'd become a loyal customer first yeah so he trusts you yeah because or you would buy but you would recognize top, that about is, him right away yeah. because he would probably was pretty cold to people he didn't know yeah, so yeah. even if he was a little rough around the edges he'd probably at least learn that much mm-hmm. you know because yeah. if you want to clean up for the mob they're not going to hire someone who's going to do a sloppy job not usually yeah not usually unless you think you're trying to impress them and like i'll do you a solid right which is what happened with in the 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 bedtime prints. Well, a lot of people <laughs> read that and find that out themselves. You um, go ahead and read that and let us know what you think. That, yeah. <laughs> Give me comments on that. Um, right. But I, so I don't hate. That's why I don't hate the crooked cop theory though either. Mm. Because if the mob was involved, they could have easily used a cop to do a hit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if they were had them in their pockets, why not use them? It'd be people interesting. Trust cops this is why I kind of wish I did more research. It'd be interesting to know which type of mob was more popular at the time. Because I'm so each glad you asked. Because I know clearly, Renee. I was gonna say as research this. Because I, I was gonna say because I know different types of ethnicities that mm-hmm. had mobs at different times that were more popular, more powerful, whatever. They'd like fight for power in New York City in different areas, but they had different killing styles that they preferred as well. Yeah. So I'm just curious to know. Well, and that varied. Most so a lot of mobsters. Um, when they wanted money out of you, especially the Italian mobsters, mm-hmm. they had a, a, a method called black hand, which was basically extortion or kidnapping. So they would like take someone you loved and be like, give us the money or this person's dead. That oh. wouldn't have worked with Isidore because he had nobody. Right. <laughs> Poor Isidore. They're like, crap, we have to find a new way to do this. You gotta go with the, let's just kill him. Right. But but here's, here's I'm gonna tell myself that I'm wrong. Because here's the problem with killing someone that owes you money. You never get the money. Yeah. So there's a chance that it was, that would be my only like counter point for myself is, Mm -hmm. well, maybe it wasn't the mob because they would have like, you know, got Mm -hmm. kneecaps. Like, you know, like there's other things that they did before they would resort to killing you because they wanted the money. They wanted the money, yeah. Absolutely. Um, or to continue exploiting you. So Either way, they wanted you alive because it's better to have you alive than dead. Right. You're more valuable to them alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's the who, potentially, mob mm-hmm. hit. Or that, yeah, I think it makes logical sense. my only sense. theory on the who. Mm-hmm. I have two theories on the how. Okay. I already said the first one, mm-hmm. where he knew the attacker opened the door. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is... It starts the same. He knew somebody and opened the door. Yeah. Um, however, in this one, he locked the door behind them, had a chat. Yeah. Then got shot. Probably the way I described because that's I, I'm so sold on that theory. I think the medical examiner's wrong. Anyway, <laughs> um, he got yeah he got shot once. Oh my gosh, I just got shot. Gets shot twice, hand and chest. Mm-hmm. Um, falls down. And there's something so. It can be assumed but not confirmed that by the time they get the door open, mm-hmm. 
the police they've gathered a, a crowd has gathered like this is not like a spaced a spacious area mm -hmm. of town he's in the slums where there's probably a million kids playing on the street right now yeah their parents are probably nearby and if they hear that the police is trying to get into this house they're like wanting to watch right yeah so if there's a crowd outside the door, they open the door. Oh no, dead body. All these people are funneling in to follow the cop to find out what's happening. Whoever killed him could have easily been still been in the room. Yeah. Hidden from the kid cuz again, we've talked about kids can be dumb, yeah. right? Hidden from the kid and then when the door opens, disappeared in the crowd yeah. and got out that way. So that's like the dumb luck theory. Like Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. Yeah, cuz I feel you... like the cops would probably still be in there first unless he was like behind the door. For example, which yeah. would make sense, but the kid would have saw him. But yeah. maybe he kid was scared and wanted to open like the door right away. Again, and we then don't because of the kid. Right. I don't know what the kid said. <laughs> There's so much I want to know. Yeah. To solidify my theories. Okay, I have a few theories myself. Yeah. Tell me, tell me yours, because that's so. The I think the mob is a great, is a great theory. Um, it's probably would be my number two theory though versus number one. I think my number one connection for who did it would probably be the neighbor. If the neighbor is a real theory. I like that theory. Because I feel like they would be the only ones who, I'm not saying a kid isn't involved. Maybe it was their kid. Maybe it was a kid from down the street that they knew, that they watched. Maybe it was a girl. Like, I don't know. Because, mm -hmm. like, there are so many different details about the neighbor theory that from the few things I read and watched that I remember. Again, this was a long time when ago. You, when you researched, let me ask you this. When you, what you did see and read, mm -hmm. did it say the gender of the neighbor? There were two accounts that said it was a woman. There was one account that said it was a man. I never found the man one. Yeah. Most of the ones I saw said it was a woman. A woman. Because she was yeah. because of the hysterical woman reaction. Yeah. Like, hysterical woman flagged down police officer. Right. And that's what made me think it might have been the neighbor because I the way that the, it was described was that it was hysterical. Mm -hmm. Hysteria was a common theme, and it's really easy if you are a woman that to be played off as oh you, you clearly had no hand no, in this you look so shocked you're so innocent yeah exactly and women were looked at, at that time as being very much the damsel in distress yeah right so it was really easy to pull that off and if it was the neighbor it could have easily been a mob connection you know what i mean if i were a mob boss i would have used women all the time for right Kinda exactly like the russian spies yeah they always used women because exactly they're so unsuspecting right but um, my I, that was honestly my first thought because in my head it would make so much it would be so much easier to cover up if you're the one who did it, yes, to, it and to walk away clean, mm -hmm. right? And if you already had a place next to the person you're gonna kill, it's so easy to walk away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. you can move out a month later when they're still doing their investigating because they're not gonna be able to figure out a scene. They're not gonna tear apart. And you're gonna be like, oh, apartment. I just I can't live with this anymore. I can't sleep at night. You know what I mean? Like, what if I get killed? Next? Right. What if I get killed next? <laughs> Right. Non-extraditing crime. So that was my first thought. The how, though, um, I honestly kind of think the how probably included another person if it was the neighbor. Okay. Because I feel like if, and I'm, I'm tr probably giving too much credit to the police at this point, but if they did, if they did investigation in any similar platform, they would have investigated the neighbor at some point. They should have. They should have. I'm not See, saying they did. That's why I need the. I need to get the. You need the report police report because I don't know. But who, if know. that were the case, even if she, he, or whoever the neighbor was had a gun, they probably would have had time to hide it or get rid of it by the time they investigated their apartment. Mm -hmm. But that's why I think there might have been another person involved. Maybe if it was a woman, she wasn't the one who shot the them. Trigger. Yeah. Right. 
but at the same time there had to at least be an, a child involved if they did go through the window correct unless mm-hmm. he opened the door like you said mm-hmm. so i think it was the next door neighbor i think it was a woman and i think it was a woman because i feel like isadora probably would have been more likely to open to a woman he knew than a man that he knew because of how skeptical he was so my, that's my theory is that as a, it was a next door neighbor woman that he knew it was probably a customer of his and i think that the, he she it or whoever got into the room shot him i do think it was a defensive room like this i think that makes the most sense because he probably realized it was happening yeah. um but i think he probably lived long enough because it wasn't right next to your heart because the heart's in your center of your chest mm-hmm. that whoever it was left and he made it so the door to lock the door and then, and then fell back. Okay. That's my theory. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I need the police report. Yeah. I only know that they thoroughly searched. Physic- the physical search part is really all I know about their their methods. I don't know who they talked to. Yeah. I don't know what those people said. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I mean, you could and be right. You don't even have details about the room. Because, no. for example, if they completely ruled out the theory that he did hit himself open and lock the door, that means there probably wasn't any blood on the door. Which yeah. would make my theory invalid. So it's but like unless he used the right hand. If so, if he's holding, oh, his holding this, hand, and, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, he could have shoved in. I don't know. I don't know. I also feel so. I feel pretty confident that we're almost on the same. We're pretty much on the same page as the how. Yeah, they did it. The who. I don't disagree with you. I think I want to add it to my theories. Too. <laughs> I think that's a good. I think it's a good theory because yeah. women. You know how harmless women are. And women yeah. can't kill. Mm-hmm. What? And he, if he was a single man, which it sounds like he was, maybe it was really easy to like kind of win him over with charm. Mm-hmm. And if it's the next neighbor that you see every day, maybe he became one of your customers that way. He'd be so much her. more likely to yeah. open the door. I agree. But it was really eerie reading about it online. And I think that's why I didn't read too much about it. Because I was like, I want to sleep tonight. And it's like 2 p.m. (laughs) I'm going to stop now. (laughs) I'm going to go watch a Disney movie or something. But I do remember, um, I forget, there was a video on YouTube. It was probably not the greatest sourced YouTube video. It's fine. What is? But they go through like a bunch of different locked room mysteries. That was just one of them. And one of the one of the things they said about it was just this idea that like from the reports that I read, it says his body was just laying in the middle of the floor, and the pool blood was from around him, and therefore there was no blood leading up to the door. Pool of blood. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, how did you get those details? Yeah. I'd love to know where those are from. And I think a lot of this is conjecture. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of when people wrote about it, they're like, well, I'm going to assume there's a lot of blood. Like this is just logically uh, rational. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. There's probably blood on the floor. I'm not going to disagree with that. Obviously, the dude was bleeding. Right. Um, (laughs) You can't definitively say where the blood trail started Mm -hmm. because you don't have the police report. Right. And even if you did, they probably didn't take pictures Mm -hmm. because, I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. Yeah. I also wanted to know, and maybe this detail isn't important, but if the bullets were found inside of his body. See, I couldn't find that either. Or if, like, they went through and they found the bullets in the room. Mm -hmm. Because that would, and again, you know, ballistics and forensics weren't great at the time but that could also help you discern like how close the person was in proximity and things like that and so i'm like i want all the details please tell me and depending on the type of gun Mm -hmm. the likelihood of my theory of the bullet going through the hand to the chest i mean it was close proximity regardless right but some guns have more of a force to do that than others right Um, yeah there's a lot of those kind of details that i would love to know Mm -hmm. because some of my theories are probably totally wrong because i'm going (laughs) off of internet facts right rather than actual facts right exactly but and i'm just curious i i would love to read the original police p- report just to know exactly what they did note mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and see what is lacking in that. Because every <laughs> right, like every detective walks in with a bias of some sort, especially yeah. if it's a murder that they're familiar with or unfamiliar with. And it's a, it's a slummy neighborhood, yeah. with an immigrant <laughs> victim. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to generalize this because some of the police officers are immigrants, so right. like, this isn't across the board. But the chances also of them just not taking it seriously like yeah so like the big as term in terms of like the press Mm -hmm. most of them focused on oh my gosh how did they do it yeah they didn't focus on why was Isidore killed what's the motive right who would kill this loner who just cleans laundry all day like there's they don't and they quickly ruled out the who part too yeah because like like we're never gonna be able to figure out who because we can't figure out how yeah (laughs) they're like how is more important than who well, is that the police report? Is that, like, the, the angle that the police took, too? Right. Because if that's the case, then they didn't try very hard. Right. That, which is, that's what that tells me. I'm yeah. like, well, is it because he's he's a poor little immigrant? Right. And they're like, oh, it's, oh, Not no, really important. Another one's dead. Right. And, but it <laughs> Especially only, during that time. Right. When, like, everyone's dying because of prohibition and the yeah. mob. And, yeah, that's true. And the true. depression, like, everybody's dying. Like, everyone's but dying. the how was such a phenomenon that mm-hmm. people started to forget about the human being. And I think... If that did, I, I'm not going to say that it did or didn't because poor old Albert, maybe mm-hmm. he tried his best. Maybe yeah. he did fight to try to get Isidore, like, you know, yeah. justice. But if he didn't, if he cared more about the phenomenon of the how, yeah, that could be why they never solved it. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's fair. Yeah. And maybe that is the reason why it never was solved. They were focusing too much on the how because, yeah. and they would never be able to figure you it out in that time period anyway. Yeah. You have to look at it from a full perspective, which I think is probably why in today's, um, I don't know how familiar everyone who listens to this is with the detective. What's the word like protocol oh, or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. but you have to follow every lead, no matter how dumb you think it is. Yeah. And you have to start a certain place and just keep working around the entire circle instead of just this little square, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to look at it from the big picture, the small picture, every angle in between. Yeah. And there's a protocol on how you follow that and you have to follow every lead. And so I'm just curious to know if they had those types of um, protocols in place back then. I mean, they you could have. Yeah. I, I really, when I was reading most of the research that I, that I gathered for this case. I thought a lot about how skewed everything was simply because of the reporting. Yeah. And whether that affected the police or the, the police's investigation or not, it could have hindered it yeah. because so much media attention focusing on the how, they want an answer for that. That could have been breathing down their necks. Yeah. Um, but also, it's I, I was thinking about it in terms of today, too. Mm-hmm. We have so many different types of cop shows. Mm-hmm. Like, CSI started and we're like, oh, we have to find out the how because that's science. And then there was, there's a show called Motive that didn't last very long that I hmm. actually didn't watch because it was boring. But like, <laughs> but it was, it focused on the, why did this person do it? We don't yeah. actually care how, we care yeah. why this why? person did it. And then you have or the psychology shows. and the person behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Each show and every part focus. of it matters. You every know? part of it matters. Yeah, yeah. It really does. If you're going to solve it and, and like be able to thoroughly be able to say X, Y, and Z, the how, the mm-hmm. who, the what, the why. Yeah. But the, the thing with it, with me, the, what makes it so eerie to me is just the fact that, like, we really don't have a definitive why, and we really don't have a definitive how, and my brain does not do well with that. Yeah. It's like, oh! The why bothers oh. me more than the how. I <laughs> yeah. feel pretty confident about my how. The how theory. bothers me more than the why, I think. Because, really? yeah, I think my brain, because my brain can handle, okay, it was a mob killing, it was just cold blood killing. Yeah. My, my brain can handle... It's enough closure. Right, like, it's enough closure because there's a, there's a how to it. It's like, reasonable. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that you can't even figure out, oh, it's someone he knew, 
and this is how it happened my brain's like oh no 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 (laughs) we're just gonna close that door and not walk back in (laughs) (laughs) like it just creeps me out like it's literally just like a picture of someone laying in the middle of the the room and not knowing like who did it and who like who came in and how yeah like they taunt you yeah. My brain can't handle no. it. Yeah. So an thank an you for making me not sleep tonight. Yeah, you're I welcome. greatly appreciate it. <laughs> watch a Disney movie before bed. Don't worry, um, I will. Don't you don't you worry. Yeah. I will say though, um, since you did bring up the detective protocols at the time, I am wanting, I don't know when we would do this, mm-hmm. um, an episode about the history of detective work because oh my a gosh. lot of reasons. You just like spoke to my soul. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> um so uh, you've heard me talk about it in previous episodes already, guys, but I am also finishing up a Victorian murder mystery. It's so good. I'm so I can't wait for you to release it. <sighs> I, it's it's one of I so I say this about every project, honestly, but this is one of my favorites projects to work on. Um, and it was one of my favorite projects to research for too, because that mm-hmm. was the the time period in which the story takes place is only about a decade or two after the birth of detective, like the actual detective work in civilized England at the time. Yeah. Um, so you get to see how sloppy and stupid some of it was. You get to see how much of a struggle it was mm-hmm. for everybody involved. Right. Because it was still such a young thing. Now we're like, it's so common. We have TV shows about it. Right, you know? yeah. And everybody, even me, who mm-hmm. is just an internet researcher, know, thinks that they know how to be a detective. Whereas right. back then they're like, what are you doing? You're asking me so many personal questions. <laughs> the detective's like, I know, I need to solve this case. Right. But, but I also think there's a reason why a lot of those shows are set only as far back as like the 50s and 60s most of the time. Yeah. Because that's when they were really able to start using um, more science, mm-hmm. like blood, not even really blood work in the 60s, up. but like, yeah, they had a coroner who actually understood fingerprints. They had, you know, you didn't have um, that in Victorian England. Mm-mm. A lot of the time. They expected you to actually ask them personal questions when you went to investigate their family and friends. Let me tell you, it was so much easier to be a corrupt cop in, in Victorian England as well. Oh, yeah. Because you can't prove anything. Mm-hmm. You can get... If you, you can get someone, say anything. Yeah. And get away with you can it. say anything to them. You can... So, like, you again, we talked about you can't prove whose gun did it. Mm-hmm. If the person's rich enough, they can buy you off. Mm-hmm. Or they can buy off the judge. Right. Or they can just be pull the I'm too important to be arrested card. And, uh, I mean, assume, depending on who's dealing with the case, that could be enough. Yeah. You know? Th- then that person just gets away with murder. Yeah. What a time to be alive. I was going to say, but, like, that's why a lot of those protocols are put into place in yeah. the, in the, of the 19th century. Or the... 20th century is because they're like well people have been getting away with this and this isn't morally correct anymore and it's so interesting to watch that shift because Uh that's why a lot of these cases were so like important back then too because it changed a lot of that protocol that's that's what we follow now but it was also really interesting because i think that's why people like sherlock holmes were were really um popular back Mm -hmm. then because they're like oh my gosh you can actually figure out all these things that we can't figure out ourselves he actually helped improve the Arthur Conan Doyle helped improve a lot of the um, mentalities of the people training to be detectives at mm-hmm. the time because he wrote those around the, around the time that it was like a brand new concept. Detectives yeah. are brand new concept. They don't yeah. just have constables walking around with sticks in their hands. Like, you know, it's, it's more like... <laughs> you did something bad. <laughs> yeah. Go to jail now. Like, that's all that they did. They're like, oh, no. Waving a wand. <laughs> you're, you're, you're stealing. Whack right. on the wrist. Oh, man. Rather than like... That would be a really fun episode, though. We should keep that on the works. Yeah, we're going to be doing it. We're definitely going to be doing that because I, I have, like, several different decades that mm. I've researched detective procedures for because I mostly because I'm like, how 
easy would it be for these people, my my characters, <laughs> to get away with killing people? You right, know? yeah. Oh, you know what? I do have an episode planned. It's called The Best Decade to Get Away with Murder. Maybe we should do two <laughs> separate episodes. One yeah. about the murderers and one about, <laughs> one about that time period specifically. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We'll plan that. So we'll plan stay, it. Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. But that's, uh, <laughs> so that's the story of Visit Orphan. Okay. Great guy, I'm sure. Maybe. I don't know. He didn't have a lot of friends to speak up for him at the time. <laughs> at least fr- no friends that the, the reporters talked to. Um, oh, man. But, Poor yeah. Guy. so I'm going to sleep tonight. But that was I a know. good conversation. It Thanks was. And it's an interesting case. And it's one that's con- going to continue to be debated until the end of time. Because there is absolutely no way to prove it now mm-hmm. who did it. Because it's too far gone. Right. Um, but, yeah. So, what's your uh, what are your final thoughts? Caitlin, any <laughs> self-promotion you want to do in this part of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, just like we've done this before. Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> um, no, just my personal Instagram page. I have a blog that I write called The Dwelling Place um, that I post um, just blog posts about lifestyle and things like that, too, on my personal page. And that's at that key chick 93 if you feel so inclined to follow. <laughs> do it. <laughs> follow her on Instagram. She posts great stuff. Oh, man. Well, now it's my turn to self-promote, shamelessly. <laughs> um, so I have a Patreon that I never shut up about. So it's if great. you guys want more stories, if you want to read my Victorian novel a year before it's released to everybody else, mm-hmm. an entire year, guys, um, and starting in March, and then check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Renee Tamsin. <laughs> Please do it. Please do it. Also, The Bedtime Prince, again, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, it's coming out April 5th in print that's one that i did post on patreon previously so once that's over that's when the new one begins mm-hmm. the new one's called a cage of tarred feathers so if anyone's wondering about that i also have i just barely got a buymeacoffee.com account Woo-hoo! so basically if you go to my website there's a spot where you can click on basically my tip jar mm-hmm. and if you're not into the monthly subscription thing because everything is a monthly subscription <laughs> that's what patreon is so i kind of feel bad like I <laughs> give me money every month um, but if you don't want to do that, you can you can donate a cert, as much money as you want or as little money as you want mm-hmm. on basically that tip jar on my website. So go to ReneeTamson.com. And a lot of it will go towards that research that helps us talk about fun stuff in this, these episodes. So Keeps this going. Keeps my stories going. It'll be wonderful. Keeps us talking. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to continue hearing our chatter, please, please donate. Please donate. It'd please be great. Give me something <laughs> in the tip jar or subscribe to my Patreon. All right. Also, if you liked this episode, please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's basically the only place you can leave reviews for podcasts. <laughs> or but subscribe. Do it or s- subscribe wherever you're listening. But definitely review us on Apple Podcasts so we can get up in the charts and get more visibility because that's always appreciated. We also like he- want to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. So follow us on Instagram at Let's Dabble Podcast. And I don't know, message us, comment on our posts. Yeah. Do whatever you Just want. Just say hi. Just talk We'd to like us. We'd like to meet you. You know what I <laughs> consider, too? If you guys ever have any like super random nonsense that you've learned like weird fun that you've facts learned that, that related to what we're talking about yeah if you've dabbled yourself just yeah like, or have any ideas about what you want to hear about yeah message us yeah Do we'd it. love to hear, it. hear from you <laughs> all right so this has been renee this is caitlin and thanks for dabbling with us <laughs>